Hey there, Paula Poundstone here. When you're done listening to this podcast, check out my new show, live from the Poundstone Institute. I mean, you could try listening to this show and my show at the same time, but that might drive you insane. Find live from the Poundstone Institute on Apple Podcasts or the NPR One app. Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week on the show, one of the hosts of NPR's Morning Edition, Rachel Martin, and from NPR Music and NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, Stephen Thompson. All right, let's start the show. She's definitely working on her read. I can God, tell. Aunt Betty! Aunt Betty said my name! I know, right? You've made it, Stephen Thompson. <laughs> you have arrived. Hey, y'all. Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. There's no theme music here on this show. We start each week with a different song. Do you guys know this song? No. Oh, it's oh, a rapper. Oh. It's LL Cool J. In honor of his big... Uh... He, a big thing happened to you him this week. You can say it. What happened? He is one of the Kennedy... Am I taking your job? Am I Do it. Hosting? No, you're good. Go. He gets to be one of the Kennedy Center honorees. Yes. He's the first hip-hop artist to have this honor. It's a big deal. So in honor of him, I'm playing one of the singles from his 1995 album called Mr. Smith. This song is the Who Do You Love remix of his song Lounging featuring Total. I was a little kid when I loved this song. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I was an adult when I loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, you hear these voices. Rachel Martin, Stephen Thompson, thank you guys for being here. Hey. You probably know Rachel from like some radio show called probably. The Morning Edition. Might have heard of it. Right. <laughs> I'm super famous. Now, you hosted that show this morning before you came to talk to us, right? I did. How long have you been up? Um, I don't even know. I can't even do math anymore. <laughs> no. I've been up since 3 o'clock in the morning East Coast time. What? Oh, my Yeah, goodness. it's it's I so you... early. Usually I can hear little birds, so it makes me feel like it's morning and I'm okay. But today I heard crickets. No <laughs> and that's nighttime. That's, <laughs> that's nighttime. That's officially nighttime. That's officially nighttime. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service and for being mm-hmm. here with us. We'll it's... see if I can finish the sentence. Yes, yes. Stephen Thompson, you know from Pop Culture Happy Hour. Also, we'll talk more about this later, but you have a podcast too, Rachel. It's oh, yeah. Up First. It is. The daily 10-minute news podcast. Podcast mm-hmm. Everything you need makes to know. Makes you real smart, real quick. Exactly. So we are here to talk about what happened this week. In the news, in the culture, everything. There's a lot this week. A new chief of staff in the White House. Stock market is up. There are some changes at a little channel called Music Television, MTV, a.k.a. MTV. Mm. <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> Did you say MTV, a.k.a. MTV? <laughs> MTV, a.k.a. MTV? What? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, there was a shrug the second little, time you said it. Little kind of the shrug on the shrug. last one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about all of that. But first, we're going to start the show as we always do. I want each of us to describe our week of news and stuff in only three words. Who wants to go first? <sighs> I think Rachel. Come on. <laughs> that Simon. Come on, Stephen. I've been up since three. You've been, been up since three. three. All right, I'll go first. Oh, Stephen, come My on. My three words are so long ago. Ah. It seems like so long ago yes. that we were talking about Anthony Scaramucci. Who's oh. that? And I, 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 like earlier this week, uh, the very briefly tenured... Uh, I think we can say communication. Yeah. Communi- communication mm-hmm. communications director. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard that like he was fired before his official start day, which is even crazier if true. 
Wow. But the guy I hadn't even started the job before he was fired. The reason I say so long ago, I, I was uh, I was clearing out some emails the other night, uh, you know, like having a having a hot night <laughs> of, of, de- of deleting press releases. And and I hit like a news roundup, one of those daily news roundups that I get from like the Washington Post and the New York Times or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like preparing for life under Scaramucci. Uh, and it was, and LOL, was LOL, LOL, LOL. And by the time I deleted it, which was like th- literally three days later, I was like, oh, him. Yeah. That's short life. <laughs> yeah. That ever so short life. Yeah, that was Anthony Scaramucci. It happens so quickly now. Like when we step out of the studio, life we, will have changed. We will have to react to some new bombshell that we will have just found out about. Yeah. So, uh, just the incredible ever accelerating news cycles that yeah. we're dealing with to the point where when uh, uh, your producer Brent Bachman reached out to me like oh do you want to do I was like wow you, you're asking me to do the show on Scaramucci week and he's like <laughs> he's like you know what we're probably not even going to still be talking yeah. about that who knows, <laughs> who knows yeah. where we will have moved yeah. and we moved to a lot of places all kinds of things have happened as you alluded to Sam it's been a busy news week it's we crazy. all are trying to keep up so that brings me to my three words yes yeah. uh, your huddled Masses. Mm. I know where that comes from. You know from. where that comes from, right? Don't we all? This is part of the poem that uh, was written by Emma Lazarus that appears upon the Statue of Liberty. And this was in the ether this week because the Trump administration unveiled their new immigration proposal. They want to cut legal immigration. We've heard them talk a whole lot about illegal immigration, but this is a plan to cut legal immigration by half. They also want to change the preferences. They say this is a more merit-based system. So people point system. Point system. Mm -hmm. So people who speak English, people who have uh, professional skills that the society could benefit from, these people get higher on the list, higher on the preference list than uh, lower skilled workers who don't have English skills in particular. And the family situation that used to be a way that you could kind of jump ahead in the line if you had a lot of family in the U.S. that no longer is would be as much of a, of a preference. Yeah. Well, because right now, something like two-thirds of the immigrants that come to America, it's to reunite families. Right. And a lot less are coming because of their skills. Yeah. And Team Trump kind of wants to flip wants to that. Flip it. Yeah, Yeah. they want to flip it. And they say that this is an economic reason. They say that immigrants and in particular low-skilled laborers who come to this country are taking jobs away from American blue-collar workers. And you know what? There's not really a clear answer on this, funny enough. It's so frustrating when that happens. Uh But NPR's Amitha Kelly, shout out to Amitha, did a whole rundown on this on NPR.org looking at the facts of this and economists don't always agree on really how this breaks down. And what gets emotional for people is when you start thinking about the American myth and who we are and that this is where it really strikes people at their core. Who gets to come? Who gets to come? Who gets to be us? Yes. And this is what spurred this crazy back and forth in the White House press briefing. Did you watch it, Stephen? Jim Acosta. Uh, And uh, and what's his face? Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller, um, one of the president's top uh, advisors. They put him in front of the podium to explain this. Jim Acosta, famously the child of immigrants, Cuban Cuban immigrants. immigrants. He's talked a lot about that. Uh, and he got into this standoff with Miller about really hard to watch. the Statue yeah. of Liberty and this poem and who are we? And it says nothing on that plaque about being able to speak English. And Miller immediately went to this thing about how dare you call this racist. But the He fact, basically said, you're the real racist, Jim Acosta. <laughs> right. Like, why are you trying to spin it this way? Yeah. And, you know, in t- if you take it in isolation, 
There are questions to ask about who we let in and and, and they've why. always been asked. We've, sure. we've throughout our history had Have immigration ebb and flow and changed the system yeah. based on where the country is. Where right? the country's at, what kind of what are the labor demands, what are the national yeah. security threats? It has always been thus. Yeah. But this is a particular time. And you take this proposal in the greater context of what the Trump campaign was about, yes. of what the Trump administration has been about, what this very nationalistic kind of ethos. And a rhetoric that has been antagonistic to certain minority groups. Absolutely. So when you couple that with this new point system, a lot of folks are saying, mm, what do you really mean? Yeah. And they can't see past the presentation of it exactly. as well and the aggressiveness mm-hmm. that then we saw demonstrated in the White House press briefing where it, imme- it immediately got to that place. Yeah. And what's so funny is like this idea of a point system, that's not new. Canada has a point system. The UK has a point system yeah. for folks outside of the EU. Australia has a point system. Donald Trump has even said that he looks up to Canada's point system for immigration. And so I think what's really hidden folks the wrong way is the tone and the rhetoric, like right. you're saying, Rachel. Yeah. He's, you know, we we also saw those, the transcripts released of these conversations that the president had yeah. with the Mexican president, Peña Nieto, Australian and Australian Prime, Prime Minister. Minister Turnbull. And in that transcript with the Mexican president, he's like, listen, I need you to pay for this wall. If you're not, I don't even care, but just stop <laughs> just saying exactly. it. Exactly. So he's feeling pressure on that front. They're on clearly feeling like they want to get a win. Yes. But on this immigration policy, I mean, they don't have the votes in, the Congress. Votes in Congress. No, because yeah. among other things, I mean, there are massive business repercussions to stemming the tide of immigration yeah. that I'm sure will will slow down some of those efforts. Yeah. Um, my three words are kind of tied to this and how Trump is using things like immigration policy to appeal to his base. My three words are because of you. If you mm. guys watched Trump's rally last night in West Virginia, at one point uh, he says, we didn't win this election because of Russia. We won because of you. Mm. And those words stuck with me because that you he's talking about is his base, right. his core support group. And that's the group that he's been trying to speak to policy-wise for the last two weeks. If you look at the action they're taking against things like affirmative action, that's to speak to the space, right? The trans ban in the military. That's to speak to his base. Talk of the border wall and reform of, of um, immigration. Those are all things to speak to his base. And go ahead. Well, it's just fascinating to me. Usually when that's the that's what you see in a candidate. Yeah. And I find it even more fascinating when I see Donald Trump in his White House focusing so heavily on the base while the D.C. political media establishment focuses on just about everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. There was such hullabaloo this week over the announcement of a grand jury in this investigation by the special counsel, Robert Mueller. But a grand jury was probably going to happen. And it's been like this is totally that, predictable. Right. Exactly. It was totally expected. Right. And like we spent so much time wringing our hands over Scaramucci and mm-hmm. the new chief of staff and the this and the that. Meanwhile, Donald yeah. Trump is talking right to the folks <laughs> yeah. that voted him in. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like when you think of those words, because of you, like mm-hmm. the you is his base, but also it's like you could flip the whole word play because of you onto Trump and say, hey, Donald Trump, a lot of the problems you have right now, it's because yeah. of you. Uh, you have created an environment in your White House where people want to leak. You are tweeting things that undermine your staff and your legal counsel. Some of the problems you have, if not most, Donald Trump, are because of you. Now, you say this, Sam. But Trump has a new chief of staff, General John Kelly. Yeah, which we'll talk more about later. Which we'll talk more about later. We in the, in the, in the news media 
uh, have been predicting a Donald Trump pivot. We in the news media, we fall for this every, every time. single time. We like now you hear like, well, now the chief of staff, John Kelly, he's he's a four star general. We can just now prepare for, for the fact that everything now Everything's will be right. disciplined and swimmingly. Different. Yes. Yeah. Swimmingly. All right. I learned a bit from you guys. I learned something from this you, Sam very Sanders. Informative discussion. <laughs> I have taught you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hold right here for a quick break. We'll be right back with long distance where we call a listener and ask them what's up where they live. BRB. A quick shout out to one of our sponsors who brings you this message. Casper, a sleep brand that offers obsessively engineered mattresses. Featuring Casper's supportive memory foam for just the right sink and bounce. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit. So try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your own home. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com minute and use promo code MINUTE. All right, we are back in a moment. We're going to go around the table and each share a new story from the week that we want to talk about. But first, a thing we do every week that I love, long distance. This is where we call a listener out in the country and ask them what's happening in their neck of the woods today from California, San Diego to be exact. Grant, are you there? I am, Sam. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. Happy Friday. You're on the phone with my friends, Rachel and Steven. Say hi, guys. Hi, Grant. Hey, how's it going, Grant? Hey, how's it going, guys? Goes good, well. Good. So it's kind of awesome. early over there in uh, Sandizi, huh? It's like 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's a little early, and it's kind of low-key muggy right now, so I'm kind of soaking what? it in. Wait, it's humid it's in it's Southern California? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're kind of having a weird, weird little heat storm here, but... It's not too early. I I'm, I work at Starbucks. So I'm usually up around four. So this is I got to sleep in a little wow. bit this morning. On that Rachel Martin I shift. Feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you, yeah. Man. Do you open up the Starbucks? Yeah, I do. So we open up at four thirty. So I got to get there. Wow. Oh, you must get some weirdos at four thirty a.m. at a we Starbucks. Weirdos? I don't know. I would go to Starbucks. As I said, you uh-huh. must get some weirdos. Mm. What's the like weirdest regular you get on a four thirty a.m. Starbucks. On a four, thir- well, we work right off of um, the eight hundred five. So we work. Our, I work off of a really busy freeway, and we have a Fox Studio right there. So about every morning, a lot of the Fox anchors come in and get seven shots with whipped cream. Oh, oh my goodness! Is this before or after makeup, Grant? Yeah, I. It's before makeup. Yeah. And those people need their coffee in the morning. Definitely, <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, we all do. Yeah. But, you know. yeah, 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 definitely. That's true. No judgment. I'm not looking very pretty serving it to him. <laughs> now, I heard besides working at that Starbucks, you're also uh, beginning college this fall? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go into my second semester at um, San Diego Mesa College, our local community college, and I'm going to awesome. try to transfer either to San Diego State or UCSD for um, political science, so uh, some in public policy. Awesome. Yeah. I want to ask you, as a San Diego resident, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of talk about immigration and a new immigration policy push from the Trump White House. What's the talk around immigration where you are? I feel like a big part of it's a lot of tension. It's just mm. very increased tension. I've, I've never seen so much activity on social media that relates to immigration policy just from my friends. Hmm. 
What are they saying? So it's so so I li- I like it. It creates a dialogue, but there's a lot of tension. People will be driving to work and see a border patrol agent has pulled over a car and will pull over and take pictures and make sure everything's okay. So people are really worried about one another right now. And it's a really large, undocumented community, so I can understand why. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you talk about more of a conversation. I'm assuming the conversation uh, is tense. I mean, are, are people yeah, having constructive dialogue about immigration? Um, well, I try to. <laughs> I try to. <laughs> so I'm being a moderate Republican. I, I like to create the dialogue and, and try to ask people what their opinions are on it, just so I can understand a little bit better. But... It does come from a place of tension and from um, being scared. People are generally scared and angry that they're being targeted for something that they don't necessarily think is deserving of being persecuted for. And so you said earlier that you're a Republican, a young Republican in San Diego. Yeah, you... I'm a young black Republican uh, from California. <laughs> Look, how do we find you? <laughs> <laughs> what... Yes. So what is it like to have these sometimes tense conversations as yourself in a place like Southern California. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> okay. what I love. Right? <laughs> that's where I like. That's the main reason why I emailed you is because I just love where I fr- I'm from so much. The fact that I can have these dialogues and have these conversations with different people about their views and at the same time feel respected for mine is a big reason why I love where I'm from. And the fact that I can call myself a black Republican from California and people's first thing isn't to say why or in a negative way or, you know, it's more of a, well, let me ask you about your opinions. You know, I haven't been met with a lot of harsh criticism. It's a lot of people just wanting to talk, and that's what I really like. I love it. What are you going to do fun for yourself this weekend? Fun for myself this weekend. I'm going to go to the range. I love golf. I'm going to go hit the You and our president. I thought he was going to say shooting range. (laughs) In my mind, I was just like, I don't know. I was like, this guy is going to go shoot. uh, Not out here in California. I don't don't even think I could get a gun until I'm 21 out here. Oh, yeah. How old are you? So I'm 19. Oh, my goodness. Gosh. You're so put together. When I, I was know. 19, wow. Grant, I was a hot I mess. I, mean, I was a hot I'm mess. I'm 45 and I'm a hot mess. Tapped into like all the politics of the moment. I was not yeah. when I yeah. was 19. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for you, Grant. So you're going to golf a little bit. What else? Golf a little bit. Hang out with the family. I really love my family. I love my dogs. I have a cockapoo and a, and a pushon. So this is I'm a stand-up just... guy. Grant's a stand-up guy. <laughs> just all around. Good dude. <laughs> we love you, Grant. Yes. Me and my cockapoos are our besties, so we're going to be hanging out a lot this weekend. I'm really excited. Aww. Wait, can you send us a picture of you and your cockapoo? Seriously. And your yes. They are, shout out to Bailey and Pippa. They are... <laughs> They're listening at home. Number one homies. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Hey, well, Grant, thank you for your time. Thank you for your work early in the morning keeping people yeah. caffeinated. Yes. Have a God's great week. Work. Thank you guys. God's work. Thank you guys for all your work. Work. I really appreciate it. You guys are keeping me sane, getting from work to work. It's you bet. It's really appreciated. I you appreciate all you. your guys' hard work. Nice. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. Take care, Grant. You too. Thanks, Take Grant. it easy, you guys. See ya. Listeners, we want you to talk to us for this segment. If you want us to give you a call and talk about literally anything uh, where you live, you should just drop us a note. Tell us what's going on. Email me at samsanders at npr.org. Brent's saying now that you can even feel free to nominate someone who would be great for the phone call if the phone call isn't really your personal thing. So, like, you could say, you should call my friend or Wait, my really? Grandma. You can this tap one. out? You can just <laughs> yeah. be like, not me, yes. but this dude. This dude. Yes, we might try that. <laughs> we'll, so, just, we'll, we'll just call them up without warning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
All right, before we start our story swap, quick housekeeping announcement. If you download these episodes on Friday evenings, maybe for your evening commute, I have to apologize in advance. Next Friday's episode will be a few hours late. I will be in New Orleans at NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists Convention, and I'll be there recording with uh, some radio friends of mine, but we have some studio issues and I can't record till late, so the show will be up late. Anyway, don't worry, guys. It'll be up next Friday around 7 or 8 p.m. Sorry for the delay. Thank you for your patience. Godspeed. All right. All right. Now it is time for the meat of the show, Story Swap, where we each share a story from the week that was. I'm going to go first because... It's your show, dude. Yeah. It's our show. Oh, I mean, it's our show. It's, our show. <laughs> it's, actually, it's mostly your show. It's Brent's show. Let's not even play. <laughs> it's Brent's show. Anyways, what I want to talk about this week is the stock market. Uh, the Dow hit 22,000 this week. Mm-hmm. A record. And I'm wondering why the market keeps going up when D.C. is in such, it seems, complete chaos. So... I began to research this and realized I didn't know what I was talking about. (laughs) So I'm going to phone a friend today. I'm calling someone who does know about the economy and the stock market. He is on the line with us from Los Angeles. Hey, you there? Sam, I'm right here. Can you guys tell who this is? I need more words. Say more words. No, really, Rachel Martin, I am appalled you don't recognize this voice. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. (laughs) Tell him who it is. It's Kai Ristall. Of Marketplace. Of Marketplace, Kai. (laughs) How are you? How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. You have to tell everybody why I'm so appalled you don't recognize my voice. You guys, Kai and I worked together back in the day. Oh, my goodness. I was like an intern. Kai was like, I don't know, you were everything. You were like a host, producer, reporter, whatever. Um, Yeah, so you were like kind of my boss. I don't know. Were you? He's like, yeah, I was your boss. I don't even know. I don't know. But, uh, he was fancier we were, than I was. We were both much younger then. Let's leave it. It there. was our younger years. Uh-huh. Fan- fancier oh than Rachel Martin. Uh, it's hard Is there believe- such a thing? I know. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yes. So for those that don't know, Kai Rizdal hosts public radio's business and economics radio show of note, Marketplace. Uh, they have broadcast, gosh, every day and on some great podcasts as well that help you know about the economy and your money and stuff. Uh, so my big question, Kai, is a simple one. Why is the stock market doing so well? Uh, because corporate America is doing really well, is the short answer. Let's okay. think about what the stock market is, right? The stock market, the Dow specifically, is 30 companies. The S&P 500 is 500 companies. Those companies are doing really well. Corporate profits are up. They're making lots of money. The dollar's down, so their stuff is cheaper overseas, and the economies in Europe are growing. So everything's good for corporate America. They're doing really, really well. And that, in a very short answer, is why the stock market's up. Now, the economy is a whole different beast, right? Because the yeah. Dow is not the economy. The economy is not the Dow. So you got to look sort of different ways at that whole thing. Yeah. It seems like a lot of what's going on with the Dow is like the promise of deregulation. Is that still yeah, a factor? So right. So you, you had the Trump bump early on, right? Right after Election Day, you had a month of, oh, man, everything's going to be great because he's going to get all this stuff done. And people and companies quickly realized that wasn't the case. And obviously, we saw it in healthcare. We're going to see it again in tax form. It's going to be really hard. But what the administration is doing sort of under the radar without having to deal with legislation is getting rid of a lot of regulations. Companies like when regulations go away. So they're betting on that promise that, yeah, eventually they'll get tax reform done, but regulations are going bye-bye, and that's going to make it easier for us to do business. And companies love that. Yeah. You know, if the Dow is not the real economy, it's a different thing, what numbers should we look 
at to really see how the economy is doing? I'm thinking about figures like wage growth or something. That's exactly what you want to look at, right? And and so the jobless report uh, came out Friday morning, and it was good, right? 200 and something thousand new jobs, and that's lovely. Wage growth was up a little bit, but I think you have to look over time. Wages in this economy have been stuck for freaking ever, and people just aren't feeling it. And so what's happening now is the companies are not yet being squeezed enough by the rising labor market to give their people more money. Yeah. You know, Trump has been bragging a lot about the Dow and the stock market and these numbers. Mm -hmm. And some on the left have, you know, critiqued him and said, you didn't do that. But isn't this just a thing that all presidents do? Every president brags about a rising stock market. Obama did it. W. Bush did it. They both saw really big rises when they were president, well, too, right? So, yeah, they, they did see big rises. They didn't brag about it because they knew that they would own it if it goes down, right? Mm. The catch with, with the president now is that he gets out there, and, he, he's, and I'm sure you saw the immigration press conference he had with Purdue and Cotton the other day. They get up there, and they all do their spiel about the immigration thing. And then the president comes back to the microphone and says, I just want to say that, as you saw, the Dow hit 22,000 today. It's great. Everything's fabulous. The catch is that stock markets go down. Mm -hmm. There's that. And if you own it on the way up, you own it on the way down. Huh. So then what should we expect going forward? I mean, it's hard to predict, but like the economy is not doing as well as it should, it seems, for workers outside of this Dow economy. What's next for them? Yeah, so so the bigger picture is the economy is not doing as well as it should, full stop, right? And what happens when an economy grows as slowly as it has been growing is that standards of living don't rise. Mm. I think what you're going to see, certainly through the rest of this administration, is as it continues a pro-business agenda, companies are going to do great. Companies are going to feel fine. But unless they feel the need to pass on those profits to their workers and to uh, the rest of the economy, Mm. we're going to keep seeing what we're seeing now, which is the headline numbers are fine. The real economy is meh. This guy is really good at what he does. (laughs) (laughs) That's a key economic term, meh. (laughs) Totally technical. Well, Kai has to host his own show a bit later on today. Thank you for schooling us real quick. Oh, happy to do it. And have you back sometime soon. You bet. Nice to hear your voice, Kai. See you, everybody. See you. All right. Y'all, he's so good. That guy. (laughs) He's so good. I feel like I've accidentally acquired some dignity (laughs) just (laughs) sitting here. You would not mind me saying that either. That was Kai Rizdahl, uh, your friend of mine. He hosts Marketplace from American Public Media. They also have a daily podcast, and they cover this stuff in an episode from this week that's called The Dow Is Not the Economy. Check that out. Thanks, Kai. Also, they got a bunch of different podcasts that are doing some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Check out their whole portfolio. Rachel, it's your turn. You have no phone a friend today. It's just you. What's your story? (laughs) It's just me. And, of course, we're going to talk about White House staffing changes. Mm. I know. And Stephen alluded to this before. But we have to talk more about John Kelly. Okay. uh, Because he got a lot of attention. He's the new chief of staff. the new chief of staff, we should say. uh, Replacing Reince Priebus. And it is crazy to me that that only happened on Monday. Uh, Yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago. So long ago. So many days ago. (laughs) But, yeah, Monday is when uh, he was sworn in in this new position. 
Uh, and so there had been all this speculation. Oh, he's going to get rid of the mooch. Anthony Scaramucci, the communications director, who that profanity-laced tirade to The New Yorker. But what was more interesting to me was the second person he dismissed, uh, the second yeah. high-profile uh, dismissal here. This is a guy named Ezra Cohen Watnick. He was an intel advisor on the National Security Council. Okay, so hmm. the boss of the National Security Council is General H.R. McMaster. The Remember? greatest name. I know. So HR. <laughs> so McMaster didn't like this guy. Why not? Ezra. Ezra was someone who's closely aligned with Steve Bannon and Jared Kushner, and those guys protected him. When McMaster said, in order for me to do my job right, I need to have my own people they here, wouldn't let they wouldn't let him fire him. him. Yeah. And the president, too, stuck in his corner. So there was huh. a lot of tension for a long time. Yeah. So now John Kelly comes in. He's got a relationship with McMaster. I mean, yeah. that whole general the thing. General stuff. Yeah, the generals. Kelly benefits from also being really widely respected around Washington. This yeah. is a guy who who Served genuinely Obama. he is a patriot. He I've interviewed John Kelly several times. I covered him when I was at the Pentagon. This is someone who who feels patriotism at his core. Mm. He is doing this job not because he's always aspired to do it, but because he thinks it's right for America. Yeah. What is one thing that you aren't hearing that should be heard in the narrative around who he is? Um, John Kelly uh, is someone, when I interviewed him right after the travel ban, we talked about what America is and hmm. what kind of place it should be mm-hmm. and and whether or not we can still afford to be a place that embraces multiculturalism, that is still a pluralistic society. He absolutely believes in what that means for America. He absolutely believes huh. in an America that has been the shining city on the hill, the, the give me, you're tired, you're poor. Yeah. Now, you try to, to match that with some yeah. of the immigration policies that he has carried out. Or some of the personnel in the White House, like Steve Bannon, who right. seemed to be diametrically opposed to that kind of idea. Right. So there, there's going to be some tension uh, mm-hmm. in the White House, for sure. Uh, also, we shouldn't paint John Kelly as some guy who can't, like, spew out his own profanities. I mean, this is something... <laughs> okay. This guy's a straight talker. Okay. He, he could be salty at times. The guy's from Boston. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with being someone who uses a lot of profanities. <laughs> I saw the Sorry. fighter. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know how that works. <laughs> um, but I actually... I think he has a rapport with Donald Trump. You huh. know, I think they have a huh. genuine chemistry yeah. that I think will serve him well. Yeah. When was your first interview with him? When he was just confirmed, when he was confirmed as Secretary of Homeland Security. Um, but before that, he had been the lead military attache for Bob Gates, Secretary of Defense, and Leon Panetta, which meant he was the guy who was always attached to the Secretary of Defense. Uh-huh. So when I was in the Pentagon press corps, where you go on these big, long trips yeah. on the big, you know, huge plane with mm-hmm. all the nuclear codes on it. Um, John Kelly's the guy who brings, like, the DVDs for the press corps to watch. That's another thing people should know they about John Kelly. They make y'all watch DVDs? Whoa. Well, just, yeah, like, for just... fun, like Dr. Strangelove. Oh, he, he would bring you, like... He brought DVDs. He would bring Dr. Strangelove? <laughs> he brought... Yes. <laughs> It was amazing. He was was like trying to entertain people. Was he nice to you guys? He's super nice. And here's the other thing. John Kelly, when he was at the Department of Homeland Security, tried to create a real press corps. He wanted briefings. He wanted more press transparency. And so we'll see see what what that looks like in the White House. Yeah. Rachel Martin, knowing stuff and knowing people. Steven. Your story is entirely outside of the walls of the Pentagon. Yeah. This what is, is it? This is, by comparison, this is hard-hitting. I can't I'm not, not going to lie. Uh, MTV is bringing back Total Request Live. Yes! <laughs> 
Sam standing is o. standing and clapping standing oh, and kicking. kicking. Hi, wow, Sam. I used to love Sam, that TRL. Was, that was an impressive high kick you I just try. did. I try. It's flexible. TRL's great. Flexible. <laughs> I am. So for those who don't know, Total Request Live aired. Oh, you know, a lot of our listeners aren't going to. They're too young. Tell them what it is. All right. Yeah. TRL, Total Request Live, aired on MTV from 1998 to 2008 mm. and was, I think, a pivotal, uh, clearly, uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam, who's, who's now Sam shoes Sanders. off, feet kicked up on the on the desk listening to me talk about TRL. <laughs> Sam is in the zone. is in the zone. This was a major cultural touchstone for a lot of people. A lot of people watched these performances. Yeah. They had this big studio in Times Square where all the major pop stars of the day would come. They'd perform. They'd interact with fans. You'd have a big group of, uh, of screaming fans. I just checked in uh, with, my, with my girlfriend this morning. She was actually on TRL Stop it. as a fan, not as a, not as oh a, as a performer. When? She's on camera. Uh, she said that the, the musical act visiting that day was Blink-182. Oh, uh, man. Um, Amazing. Uh, I love it. I'm sure she showed up hoping for NSYNC, but yeah, you know, <laughs> as, as yeah. we all would. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this show, though, it was it was the American bandstand of our time. Like It was a big deal. It made a big deal of Carson Daly, the, the host. We actually have some tape of him. Oh, yesterday on Total Request Live, Eminem rebounded back into the countdown after being gone for two days. <laughs> And making the biggest leap of the day, the New Radicals, who just missed making the top five. New Radicals. Plus, we saw NSYNC keeping a firm grip on the countdown's top spot, going a second straight day at number one. Will Hump Day be cruel or kind to NSYNC? You'll have to find out right now on Total Request Live. Every day was kind to NSYNC. Yes. Boy, that, you just carbon dated that. You can pin that down to the week. Exactly. Because it was like, how many hits? The New Radicals had like two weeks. They had two weeks with one that song. Was the yes. We just heard it. Yes. <laughs> But I think part of what's interesting about this is MTV is going through yet another attempt to rebrand itself. Yeah. A couple of years ago, MTV kind of went all in on this very impressive assortment of, of writing talent that were brought in to do kind of long form analysis and music writing. And MTV was going to beef up its presence on the Internet. And then this new president of MTV, Chris McCarthy, came in and promptly laid them off and and but didn't just lay them off he said in an interview he was like i don't think mtv should be in the business of telling, writing six thousand yeah. word think pieces telling, telling people, people how, how to, to think feel. or feel yeah, yeah. you know right. chris mccarthy this new head of mtv might be handling the transition kind of ungracefully but he has a really impressive track record yeah. he's turned things around before at vh1 mtv2 and logo and he's part of the reason mm-hmm. rupaul's drag race is such a big deal oh well respect respect <laughs> but but so like can trl do this for him at MTV? Do you think it will work, TRL, again? I, I think it's one of the smarter things they could do. I think one of the issues for MTV right now is that they are really culturally relevant one day a year, and that is the the VMAs, oh, uh, yeah. which are coming up, actually, in just like, what, uh, August, video 20, music awards. August 27th, the Video Music Awards, where MTV kind of gets a lot of, like, major, major, major pop and rap and R&B talent uh-huh. for a couple hours of kind of bonkers music meme making <laughs> and, and you know every year it's like what's the meme going to be coming who out twerked of, on who is it yeah. going to be tw- is it going to be miley what's good is it going to be i'ma let you finish is it going to be drake is stuck in traffic as it was last year um every, i missed that one. Oh yeah well it, i mean you, you don't say drake is stuck in traffic as i don't say drake no <laughs> you say he who cannot be named he who cannot be named <laughs> so 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 i think it's clearly an attempt to make mtv a tastemaker 
again and to give and MTV yeah. a certain amount of cultural cachet that it's that it's been lacking in the last few years when its ratings have been in steep decline. But here's the bigger question that I'm not sure even TRL can fix. Young people's media consumption is just different than right. what it was for me when I was Can't a kid. Watching, like, I used to go home every day and be ready to watch TRL at TV at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I would leave from school and go watch it. Mm-hmm. I feel like people in their teens and 20s nowadays are used to watching TV and media on demand from their phone. Right. And you might not be able to get them to sit down at a screen at the same time every day. No, but they don't need to, do they? They just watch it on demand and share it and be like, Check well, is it going to be on demand? I mean, there's there's certainly oh. going to be a web presence for anything they do at this point. I'm sure, including this, the the press release announcing the return of TRL includes this choice line saying that TRL will become, and I quote, the prime destination for youth culture. Oh, that sounds really youthful. <laughs> Which sounds, sounds incredibly youthful sounds to me. Super uh, yeah. I mean, also this... maybe possibly the prime destination for people like me that are, actually aren't that young anymore, but still want to be young. Yeah, yeah, you I'm know, just gonna watch it. To to be up with the youths. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think they have a better chance of reaching you. Like Then every time I write or talk about MTV, the feedback I always get is like, oh, man, remember when MTV used to show music? Remember when MTV used to show videos? And to me, like the immutable law of MTV is that if you're old enough to remember when MTV played music, you are too old for MTV to care about whether you watch MTV. <laughs> that would be all That's the all of us. Of us. That I, remember, all of us. I remember when MTV used to have music video premiere days. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. This oh, yeah. new Mariah Carey video oh, premieres yeah. every hour on the hour. Yeah. <laughs> and they would just show. And you'd sit at your TV you to wait to thing? see the video every <laughs> hour on the hour. Mm-hmm. We digress. Um, <laughs> do we? <laughs> we did it. What are you playing? Are they in the music? They're in a the mall for this video. Remember? <laughs> they run through the mall, right? While you guys sing along, keep singing. <laughs> I want to plug y'all's two podcasts. The woman humming right now, Rachel Martin, she hosts Morning Edition on NPR, but she also hosts her own podcast called Up First. Mentioned it earlier. 10 minutes of morning news up every day by 6 a.m. You might even play some awesome jams like this and do a thumb dance. You are doing a thumb dance. a thumb dance. Stephen Thompson laughing right now. He is a regular on Pop Culture Happy Hour. This is a podcast about all the goings on in popular culture. It's also kind of the DNA for all the new podcasts you hear on NPR. Oh, Even like this one. You guys shucks. gave us the blueprint, the roadmap. You're the OGs. Oh. <laughs> Once you plant the seed, you throw away the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, time for one more quick break. When we come back, we'll play Who Said That? And we'll also hear our listeners tell us the best things that happened to them all week. Support for It's Been a Minute and the following message come from the Platinum Card from American Express. There's a great big world out there, and no other card lets you experience it like the Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. 
Support for It's Been a Minute and the following message also come from Southern New Hampshire University, whose mission is to make higher education accessible and affordable online for everyone. If you were considering college, whether for the first time or going back to complete your degree, you want to make financially savvy decisions and avoid financial aid mistakes. You can learn more about Southern New Hampshire University and the top three financial mistakes to avoid by texting EDGE to 554433. Message and data rates may apply. All right, we are back. Now it's time for my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the show. It's a little game that we call... Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> it never gets old. No, it, it never gets old. Do you know where this comes from? No. It's, it's Real Housewives of Atlanta. Who said that? Anyways, the game is so simple. These are the rules. I give you guys a quote from the week and you got to tell me who said that okay uh we'll do three or four today the winner wins nothing nice, nice. <laughs> not a thing ready first quote this message in oh it's in all caps oh. this message is very grammatically incorrect but it's from the heart but i think there's something special about imperfections exclamation point exclamation point who said that oh scott bale <laughs> no. I just said that. He's a singer. He's a singer. He's Canadian. Gordon Brian. Whitefoot. Oh, Brian. <laughs> Brian. Brian Adams. <laughs> We're so old. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those that know me know that I'm a little bit obsessed with the career trajectory of Justin Bieber. It's fascinating. It is. There's a new wrinkle in his time. Uh, he <laughs> recently left his world tour, his purpose tour. Uh-huh. He canceled the last 15 dates. Why? And everyone's been trying to figure out what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that he is actually drawing closer to God. No way. He's been hanging out with Carl Lentz, who is the pastor of the Hillsong Church mm-hmm. uh, in New York. And he's been seen at churches more often than usual. And he's taken some time to, like, go to Jesus. No way. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. And, like, so he has this long Instagram note, uh, which he qualifies at the end by saying, I know it has spelling errors, but it comes from the heart. <laughs> oh, it's kind of sweet. The beef. It's self-aware. Yeah, it yeah. is. I And, like, for so long, my general take on him is that he's literally a walking mistake with a great manager, yeah. Scooter mm-hmm. Braun. But now I think he's actually trying to take some time and, like, figure things out. And I'm not mad at it. No. Anyway, Bieber, you do you. We're rooting for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Next quote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Typically, when you have an election year, any kind of political activity wanes when the election is over. That is not happening. Who said that? I have no idea. It's the CEO of a major company that helps people find love. Oh, it's going to be like the CEO the of Match. Tinder or something? Or Keep going. eHarmony? Yes! Oh, <laughs> the CEO. I mean, I don't know who that is, but... Grant Langston. Grant. Grant. Love it. Yes. Oh, Grant Langston. Sorry. <laughs> he's the Why was CEO. he talking about this? Listen, okay, he's the sorry. CEO of e- I'm, I didn't no. want to say it like that. That was really dismissive Listen, of me. Rachel. Listen, Rachel. <laughs> Grant Langston, CEO of eHarmony, said this week that folks at eHarmony are noticing some really interesting activity on their website. People are declaring their politics more than ever before. There's some numbers behind it. In 2016, 24.6% of women and 16.5% of men answered the question that asked your political affiliation on their profile page for online data. Now, in 2017... 68% of women wow. and 47% of men 
answer the question about their political affiliation. And not just in D.C. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. So interesting, right? Because it's 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 not just about declaring what they think, but it's also probably, I don't want to talk to talk you, to you. Right. if you are if you're not on this. the other side. Yeah. Which I don't know how to And I've seen some data that. that said that lots of folks are more open to dating someone of any race than they are to date political someone of a different political affiliation. Yeah, I believe it. We're more divided than ever. 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 But people like Grant in San Diego can bring us oh, all together. Other Grant. <laughs> Remember him? Other Grant. Love Grant. Love it's Grant. A, yes. Day of Grants. Mm-hmm. Quote number three, I need your address in case you write something bad about me. Who said that? Can you say it Is again? that Scaramucci? Yeah. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> no, I'll say it again. I need I, your I address uh-huh. in case you write something bad about me. I read about this. I just don't remember who said it. It's a reality TV show star. Arnold. No. I'm going to start spelling his name. D-O-G. Dog. T-H-E. Dog Thana. B-O-U-N-T-Y. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Took your guess long enough. I was going to say, you spelled Dog the Bounty before I got it. (laughs) No, I didn't even get it. Not Dog the. How many Dog thes are there? Was Dog D-O-G or D-A-G? W-G. No, no. He's no, D-O-G. D-O-G. He's D-O-G. Oh. Yeah, you know me. Uh-huh. He's um, the OG D-O-G. Yes. <laughs> there's a, there's Sorry, a long one. read about him in Politico this week. No kidding. Uh, because he is wading into political waters. He has been campaigning on behalf of Michael Williams. He's a long-shot Republican mm-hmm. candidate for governor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So this article profiles how Dog the Bounty Hunter is like into politics now and mm-hmm. is campaigning for people. And he's just the latest in this rash of celebrities. Joining uh, joining thing. Senator Rock. Dude, The Rock 2020. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm talking about Kid Rock, of oh, course. Oh, Kid Rock? <laughs> so many There's rocks. So many rocks. <laughs> so many rocks. Well, also, strangely enough, this week, uh, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg yep. hired uh, one of Hillary's ex-pollsters. Bill Benenson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is he going to run, too? Mm-hmm. I mean, he also went on this big listening tour oh, around goodness. America. Right. Yeah. Where, and with a lot of photo ops, yeah. which is uh, interesting. But I feel like we're in this new normal where... Famous people of all stripes are going to just start running for office. Anyway, so you got that one. I am not running, by the way. It's ever. okay if you did. It's okay. <laughs> you cannot give me a point for getting Dog the Bounty Hunter I'm gonna give you with a the point. hint D O G T H E B O U N T Y. I'm going to give you a hint. <laughs> all right, we're almost done. One yeah. more segment. Uh, but first, I got to plug Tuesday's episode. As folks know, every Tuesday on the show, we bring you a deep dive where I catch up with one person or tackle one topic. Next week on the show, Sashir Zameda. Ooh, she's great. Uh, You probably know her from SNL. She just left the show and is doing some really fun comedy stuff in New York. But uh, we talked about all of the things. She has a new comedy special out. We'll talk about that. It was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, Check it out on Tuesday. Sashir Zameda. All right, now the last segment. Every week we end the show the same way. I ask our listeners to send us a recording of their own voice, sharing the best thing that happened to them all week, and I encourage them to brag. Without fail, I do that chest-heaving cry when I hear all these because they're so beautiful. Last week, I actually ugly cried at yes. my desk listening to, listening to this I segment. do like my This Is Us cry on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Just like weeping. <laughs> Trying to keep your colleagues from noticing you're crying is one of my favorite pastimes at NPR. Yes. Yes. So it's that time again. It's time for the best thing all week. I'm watching your tear ducts. 
Hey Sam, this is Jess up in Buffalo, New York, and the best thing to happen to me all week, um, and quite possibly all of 2017, is that my boyfriend bought me a mini pig. I have wanted one for over 20 years, Oh my god! and I am just in love with this little pig, and we have yet to name her since we've only had her a few days, but I am open to suggestions. It's not going to be mini forever. Hi Sam, this is Adelina and Josue. And the best thing that happened to me this week is I got to marry my best friend, mi amor. Y yo uh, pasé la semana mejor de mi vida con la persona más hermosa del mundo. Uh, between our wedding and our honeymoon, I had the best week of my life. <laughs> okay, bye. Oh. Hey, Sam. We're calling from San Antonio, Texas. And the best thing that happened to us this week is that we watched our mom become an American citizen. Oh. We went to my granddaughter's graduation from basic training, and it was wonderful. I got to take my mom and dad to Europe. Uh, it was a real treat to see their faces as they saw the Eiffel Tower for the first time. There were no rush hour delays on the A train, and I got to work on time every single day. Yes. Oh, crap. I think I just jinxed it. <laughs> this week, my partner began his dream job working for Sesame Street. Wow. My lease finally ended, so I was able to move out to Denver and in with my girlfriend, who's been working out there for a few months. And it feels so good to be back together and listening to the show side by side. Hi, Sam. My name is Bailey, uh, and I live in Athens, Georgia. And the best thing that happened to me all week is that I moved into a pink house with a front porch and a back screen nice. porch and a little yard. And I just went on a walk uh, around the neighborhood, and I saw so many families and young people watering their gardens and fig trees and rosemary bushes that I'll probably steal from. <laughs> and then I sat out on my porch and had a glass of wine and listened to my neighbor playing violin next door. Wow. Thanks so much. I hope you're having a great week. Hi, Sam. This is Vicki in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes! I wanted to tell you about what's really made my week. In May, my six-year-old daughter, Aurora, was diagnosed with a form of epilepsy. It's been a really hard summer. The doctor's trying out medication, different dosages, trying to figure out what might help control them for her. She's been having several seizures a day, and um, she's been so brave, never complains, and she hasn't had a seizure in two weeks. Wow. And it's just been really great, and it's made my week. So thank you so much for the show. Have a great weekend. Bye. That's sweet. I like that both of our home states got represented. Today. That is nice. Yeah. That is nice. Oh, man. We've got to give some thanks to all the folks you just heard. Uh, Jess with the mini pig. From what I've read <laughs> online, those pigs don't stay mini forever. I don't so even be know prepared. what that is. Also, pig. name it Sam and like uh, tag me on Instagram. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> Sam's a fine name for a small pig. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks to Adelina and Josue. Uh, thanks to Jeanette, Tammy, Jared, Tiffany, Juliana, Sesame Street. Amazing. <laughs> thanks to Nathan, Bailey, Vicky. Vicky, we're so glad your daughter's doing yeah. okay. That yeah. just warmed my heart. I'm so happy for you guys. Also, she's from Green Bay. Go Pack Go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's wedding season. So congrats to our listeners out there who are getting married and stuff. Dan and Joanna, Caitlin and Andy, Amy and her new spouse, Keep those coming. We love it. Brent and I listen to all of these that come in, and we wish we had time to play them all. But know that when you hit send on the email, it lands in our inbox, and we hear it, and we appreciate it. To share your best thing all week, just uh, send us an email with the sound of your voice to samsanders at npr.org. All right. Mama, we made it. Rachel, Stephen, thank you. We're done. 
didn't say this earlier, but this week was Stephen Thompson's birthday. Aww. Get out! Yes. So in honor of Stephen Thompson's birthday. Oh. Hold on. What? It's. Are we fake cheersing? Woo-hoo! Oh, yes! Got us a bottle of Andre. I was like, why is Sam oh, handing me an yeah. empty mug? Is this mug for my birthday? <laughs> I got us some little champagne Aww. that costs $6 at yes. Harris Teeter. Nothing but the best. Nothing but the best. So <laughs> well, I read this pop. That's $3 more than oh, I usually pop. spend. Oh. I didn't get the pop on the mic. I Sorry, know. guys. Trust us. It Trust was amazing. Us. Halfway to 90 people. Exactly Ooh, where I am. 45. 45. So wise. Lots aging on the inside. It's lovely. It's important. Cheers to Steven. Cheers, Cheers to Steven. Yes. Happy birthday. All right. Friend. Last bit of copy. Thanks to Rachel. Thanks to Steven. It's been a minute. Was edited this week by mm. Jeff Rogers and Steve Nelson. It was produced by Brent Bachman, who's fighting a very nasty head cold this week. We're rooting for Cheers. you. Cheers. We're drinking for you right now. <laughs> also, shout out to Brent's nephew Jared, who listens. Uh, his graduation party is this weekend. Congrats, Jared. Uh, Brent probably can't make it to Jared's party because he's so sick. But we shout love out you, Jared. Jared. Yeah. Congrats, shout out. Yeah. Thanks, Jared. All right, guys. Refresh your feed Tuesday morning for Sashir Zameda. Really fun chat. Until then, thanks for listening. Thank you, LL Cool J, featuring Total. Talk soon. I'm telling you right now, if we did an hour-long show about 90s one-hit wonders, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, man. I'm definitely here for it. That was an era for the one-hit wonder. Oh, my God. And some of those bands, you know Harvey Danger? Flagpole oh, yeah. Sita. I love that. Incredible. Oh my God, I love that song. <laughs>